Welcome to the To Be More podcast. We are back here today with another exciting episode with one of my favorite people. I cannot wait for you to meet this person, to hear the wisdom that he has to share of serving in over 50 years of the church. This We have a special Father's Day episode here today that I want to invite you in to listen to this incredible conversation. This is the To Be More podcast. Just want to remind you, we want to help you to grow to be more like Christ. We want to create clarity around faith and our relationship with God and bring our faith into everyday life. And just a reminder, if this podcast has blessed you or encouraged you, our hope is that you will share it with someone else, that you will leave a review and help us to get the word out about the To Be More podcast. Now, let's get ready, lean in, and listen in. Here today with the To Be More podcast, and as promised, I have Dave McNair here with me for a very special Father's Day podcast. I have been thinking about this, praying about this for a while because Dave and his wife, Deborah, and actually his entire family has a special place in our hearts because I first met Dave uh, almost four years ago. Uh, Isn't that right? Yes. Yeah, about four years ago. About four years ago, Dave and his wife uh, moved to the Low Country area, and we had just started our church plant in Bluffton, South Carolina. And he and his wife started coming about six months into our church plant. And right there from the very first day, uh, we had this connection, and uh, soon they started visiting and becoming more frequent and more frequent. And then they joined our church, and then Dave and Deborah have become, uh, if not the biggest backbone, uh, but one of the biggest um, people who come in and they just serve faithfully every single day. And then outside of that, Dave has been really special for me in my life because he has spoken into my life. He has encouraged me and he has been in multiple churches before from other areas that they have lived and he's added a lot of value there. So he brings a lot of that knowledge, that wisdom, that leadership, and honestly, just a hunger to be more like Christ. And so um, he's helped me out in my marriage. I've watched him from afar and how he interacts with his family and all of those things. So I'm really, really excited to have this conversation. I'm really excited that you get to listen in to our conversation today. So Dave, thanks for being here today. Well, thank you, Daniel, for the opportunity to come. I'm I'm really humbled by it. Um, you say some awfully nice words for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're all true. So, um, well, Dave, we I figured we'd just start off today and uh, let you... Uh, kind of introduce yourself, but also tell us um, a little bit about your life, how many uh, kids you have, maybe some of their ages. And Dave is blessed. He's got kids. He's got grandkids. That's right. Um, and so that's uh, just really, really special. So tell us a little bit about your story, Dave. Well, I'd, I'd like to start off with Second uh, Timothy 1.5. It says, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded in thee also. And as I uh, was speaking earlier with you, Daniel, I can trace our Christian heritage back to the late 1800s um, through my great-grandparents. And it's just, it's something special. Not everybody can do that. I'm blessed with that. It doesn't make me any better. It just is different. Yes, my, uh, I was raised in a Christian home. My mother and father, they uh, sang in a choir for probably 40 or 50 years. Mm. Uh, my granddad was a, a deacon, a bus driver, a greeter, an usher. Uh, both of my grandmothers were Sunday school teachers for probably 50 plus years. Um, my 
granddad's parents were into the church, um, uh, were deacons and, and, and faithful members of the church back through the 1800s. And matter of fact, Deb and I, we've been serving for over 50 years now um, in the church. And wow, that's incredible. Yeah, it's just, it, it's really neat as you go back and, and start thinking about it. And, you know, time flies and you don't <laughs> realize it. But um, my uh, my grandmother was a church, uh, the, the camp, church camp cook for probably 20 plus years. Um, I got saved in March of 1961. Um, I was about six and a half, almost seven years old. Uh, we got married in 1973, Deb and I uh, did. And we have two sons, Ryan and Tavis, and a daughter, Davina. And we have two uh, beautiful daughter-in-laws, uh, Sarah and Tiffany, and a great son-in-law, Matt. Uh, we have four grandsons and five granddaughters. So God has really blessed us. So you all stay busy when the family comes together. Uh, yeah. A lot of little feet running around. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And they're all now getting bigger and bigger. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really, a, it's been a great ride. It really has. Yeah, that's pretty incredible, and I love the thought that of all those generations that who are following Christ and serving in the church, all that huge list, and I think about the prayers to where mm-hmm. your grandparents and their grandparents and all those prayers that they were praying for you and the impact that you would have not only for your life but for your kids and their grandkids and and God's so good that it it's kind of it's overflowing into my life and to my kids' life, and it's just that it, God just does so much more than we can ever ask, think, or imagine. And and so anyway, I just love that generational aspect of it. And um, no matter where we are, because I know some people are coming in, there may be they may be first generation Christians, right, right, and and that's just place to start. You know, hmm. we've been fortunate, but. Um, you know, you can start today and, and you can start that generational um, heritage and start praying for your kids and your grandkids and their kids. And, um, you know, God will God will bless you for it. Yeah, that's awesome. That, well, it's incredible to think about, you know, our or mine or whoever's listening to this, your great, great, great grandkid could be sitting here one day going, my great grandfather, my great mother, and, you know, that generational, they started there and it just trickled all the way down for them to experience that. So I, I just, I really enjoyed that. Um, that was pretty neat. Um, well, Dave, so if we're, we're talking about this, we're talking actually, we're going to hone in a little bit more specific here. And uh, one of the things I love about you is I've seen you interact with your kids in our church. I've seen you interact with your grandkids. I've seen you interact with your wife. And um, you've spoken into my life as a father and as a leader. And uh, it, it's just always so much wisdom. And so I was wondering where did you glean some of that how did you learn how to be a father uh, did you learn it from some of those generations that you talked about did you learn it from other people from the bible where, where did you pull some of that wisdom from uh i bought the book dummy for dads <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, I'm just kidding. It probably exists <laughs> it probably does <laughs> uh, that's funny um you know one one of my main gr- goals growing up um, you know, some people want to be engineers, some people want to be doctors, teachers, whatever. But one of my main goals growing up was to get married and have a family. Mm. And because of that, I've, I've focused my attention on that. And I've had a, 
the fortunate um, to have in my life many godly men that has helped shaped me. Um, probably my dad is is the biggest influence. Um, you know, most dads are a big influence in your family. Uh, some uh, we have some good points, and we have probably many bad points. But uh, my dad did a lot of things well, and he did some things not so good. Um, you know, same same way with me. I, you know, nobody is is perfect, and you just um, you seek the Lord, and you you try to to do what's right. Hmm. Um, you know, he he. I never heard him swear. He never drank. Um, he was faithful in church. Um, he tithed. He prayed. He taught me. Um, to do things right, you know, if you're going to do something, to do it right. And mm. matter of fact, my son, I was talking to him about this, and he said that was one of the things that um, stood out to him about me was um, teaching them, hey, if you're going to do something, do it correctly. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's so impactful. One of the things I think you just said is, uh, I know it's been big for me in my life, is having, uh, not trying to do it on your own or in isolation. You had mm-hmm. this community of men that, one, you sought their wisdom, but and then, two, you were open enough to be teachable to go, I don't have it all figured out. Yeah, uh, I need help, in fact. And you looked to your father and, and took the things that you thought, okay, this was good, or, hey, I don't need to do that. Uh, and then also the other men in your life, too. So I think that's really a, a big piece of it, because I think the enemy, one of his biggest tactics is to isolate us. Right. To say, nobody else, you know, you've messed up. No other dad's messing up like this or, and all those things like that. And just kind of spirals us into isolation. And so you're right, because I can think about my own life and having a community of men was so, so big for me, so vital. Early on for me, it was some of the godly Christian coaches that I had in my life. I clung to them and right. some yep. of their wisdom and some of my, uh, I have a larger extended family, so like cousins. And, and so I reached out to them and began to look at some of that to learn. And then as I got into more involved in church, it was godly men like you and and um, here recently, but even in the past. So anyway, I just, the, the community of the godly men and being vulnerable and open enough to learn from them is is. I guess, a trend I'm picking up from your story. Yeah, and, and you know, as I thought about this, um, there have been a lot of men influence my life, Sunday school teachers, preachers, youth leaders, camp counselors, um, that actually took me under their wing. You know, I didn't go and ask them. They just <laughs> kind of, you know, reached out and did it on their own. So as a, you know, as a man in the community, it's our responsibility to, to look at those youth, kids, children, and, and, you know, impart some, some knowledge or wisdom, some of God's love to them so that they can, can glean, uh, to that. I've had two youth leaders in particular. One was Jim Gillentine, um, when I was in high school and he just, you know, he led me the right way and, uh, you know, talks, I think there's a book called straight talk to men, but, you know, he just straight talked and, mm-hmm didn't pull any punches and uh, had another youth uh, leader, Jerry Reed. And um, his interests were a lot like mine, you know, fast cars and, and <laughs> football and, and baseball and um, just having, you know, a good time. And, and he took me under his wing and, um, you know, helped me. And then I had a, a football coach in high school. He was a Christian coach, Joe Pisani. 
And for three years in high school, he mentored me. Wow. And I don't think I would be where I am today if it wasn't for him, because mm. that's the point in my life where I was starting to, well, church isn't quite that important. Yeah. And he, you know, showed me that, yeah, it, it is important. It was important. And it's, you know, it's the thing you're doing for God that's going to to make your future, not what. Yeah, that's pretty impactful. And one of the things you just said I thought was was really great, too, is how, um, one, he was your coach. And so he wasn't necessarily a, a pastor in a church, but he took on the responsibility of saying, I'm going to invest in this young kid and pour into him and just made such a big impact in your life. And and so if you're coaching youth sports or if right. you're a teacher or if you're a Sunday school teacher or a you know elementary school a volunteer, whatever it may be, you're making such a huge vital difference. And you said... Uh, that I thought was really great, that not, I don't feel like a lot of people, sometimes we can miss it, but you said that it's it's our responsibility. And I thought that was so powerful because it kind of challenged me a little bit of going, not only is it a great thing to help the next generation, but it's also, it's our responsibility, yeah. like the weight's on us. So that I just thought that was really great. Yeah, and I've had a, a lot of men influence my life that, you know, they took it upon themselves to, you know, plug in what they knew and and you get a little bit from from each of them and and you it helps mold your life and and it more than anything it just teaches you how to um seek God mm. and seek his wisdom and find out what God wants you know in your life. Yeah. That's great. That's powerful. Yeah, and that's um so as we think about these things and think about fatherhood and the things that you have learned, what are some of the things that maybe uh, that you felt like you've done well, or maybe some things that you would looking back, you're like, I wish I, I could have, you know, done more of this or less of that. Uh, now, if you ask my kids, they'd probably give you a different story, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I think one of the, the, the biggest thing I think that we've done right is prayer. Mm. And, I think before anything else, if you start with prayer, um, you know, God's going to to bless you. In Psalms 37, uh, 23 and 24, it says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him in his hand. So I, I think if, you know, you, you're you have that prayer life and you're asking God for wisdom. You're asking God for guidance. Um, even before our kids were born, uh, Deborah and I prayed for our kids. Mm. Lord bless us with, you know, kids that will be saved, that will put you first in their life, that will, you know, not turn from you, but uh, turn towards you. And then uh, as soon as they were born in the hospital, um, you know, we snuggled up with the baby and we dedicated our each of our kids back to God wow. um, there in the hospital. Uh, you know, at home, you cradle them in your arms or they're little for, for months and it goes fast, but, you know, you pray for them as you're, you're rocking them to sleep and um, you teach them to, to pray before meals. Um, you, you pray with them before bed. Uh, anytime we went on a trip or a vacation, uh, we got in the van or the car the family bow our heads and we say the prayer and hmm. ask God to, you know, to bless our trip and to keep us safe. So yeah, I love that. 
Um, I think prayer is is probably the biggest um, thing you can do in your life. Mm. I love the way that you incorporated prayer into everyday life. It was where we have to go to bed every night, right? And we're going to eat at least three meals a day and we're going to hop in the car and tensions are going to be high because we're going to be traveling or excitement, whatever it may be. And so you're in, you invited God into that those situations. And so that that's great. It's not, we didn't have this big uh, grand old plan and it was written out. We're going to say so many prayers. It was uh, this ongoing daily relationship with God and you brought your kids in on it as well. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's great. That's powerful. Another thing would be uh, quality time. Uh, not only that, but quantity time too. Uh, you know, the more time you spend with the, your kids, the more you're going to get to know them. The more they're going to get yeah. to know you, the the more comfortable they'll be um, with you. I don't know how many times I have my fingernails painted, my <laughs> hair up in curlers when I when I when used you, to I have think we hair. Need to see some pictures of this, you know. <sighs> That's I think great. there were some at the wedding floating around, but <laughs> I haven't seen them since then. Oh, man. That's great. <laughs> you know, tea time, uh, not not golfing tea time, but sipping tea time, <laughs> um, playing Barbies. Um, our yard was the playground um, for the kids. There were 10, 12, 14 kids in our yard every night mm. playing football, baseball, soccer, hide-and-seek, whatever it is. Um, we went on walks, we went on bike rides, we took adventures. Um, and then I, I think important, uh, one of the most important things you can do also for your kid is to read to them. Uh. Um, you know, even now my grandkids, you know, we'll pick up a book and sit and read. Yeah. Um, they, they love to read. They, they like to read to us. So they like us to read to them. Um, school plays, activities, be involved in that, um, play board games. Um, one game I made up, we called it Spooky, <laughs> and it was basically hide-and-seek in the dark, and mm-hmm. it was at night, and we turned out all the lights in the house, and in, up north we have basements. So we went in the basement, which for a kid is spooky enough because the, the boogeyman <laughs> lives in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we turned the lights off and we played hide and seek. And it's it's pitch black and you can't see anybody and you're trying to find people. So, uh, you know, you're running into furniture, the walls, those poles that hold the, <laughs> the roof up. And, mm-hmm. um, it was just something that was this fun and and they remember it and i i think they even did it um with their kids also um sitting and listening to your your kids you know listen to what they have to say and then i found out the best time to do this is at bedtime because at bedtime they're stalling hmm. and you yeah know, they they don't want to go to bed so hey Tell me about your day. Okay. Yeah. You know, and they'll, they'll open up more, you know, and you can ask them a question and they'll expand on it a little bit because, hey, they don't, they don't want to go to bed. So um, that is a really good time to, to be able to have your kids open up to you and, and learn a, you know, a little bit more about them. Yeah, that's great. I love all of those. Um, and the reading aspect, before I was a pastor, I was uh, my – one of my bachelor's degrees in early childhood education. And so even uh, outside of the spiritual aspect, the reading 
to your kids and having books around, it just opens up so many doorways, not only for them to learn and to grow, but also just to see the value of books and the, the value of reading. And, oh, dad's taking the time to read. I want to read too, you know. And so I think some of that's really great. And then, of course, the spiritual aspect of that, that practice of reading and reading books and uh, reading scripture and all those things. And I, I feel like um, you didn't say this directly, but you did it by example. You didn't try to make your kids come into your interests. You stepped into some of the things that they liked where you, you said, oh, well, let's play hide and go seek in the dark, you know, or let's play this board game or let's read this book. And you, you were willing to step into their world instead of always trying to go, you need to come do this with me and this is what I'm doing. So you're going to do it too kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that's pretty, that, that's pretty valuable. And each, each of your children have their own personalities. I know when I was growing up, um, you know, my dad would go out and have to fix his car in the driveway. Oh, mm-hmm. I love that. So I'd go out and, you know, and hold the flashlight and hand him a screwdriver or a wrench or whatever. I tried to get my boys to do that, and they're like, oh, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's not for me, Dad. <laughs> so you, you just have to, you have to find out what their personalities are and, and try to do your best uh, to match that up. Yeah, I love that. Just, you know, and, and God wired them a certain way and God gave them different <laughs> gifts and hobbies. And as a parent, it, we I think it's a really cool responsibility for us to help fan the flame into some of that. And we get to watch it blossom a little bit and mm-hmm. not try to force them into this is what I think you should do. And because I'll catch myself um, sometimes because I grew up playing sports. And it was such a big deal for me. It's where I met a lot of my male role models. Uh, it's where I found a lot of community. And it was just really healthy for me. But it may not be for all of my kids. You right. know, that may not be their avenue. And sometimes I'll feel myself trying to push a little bit into that area. And I, I feel the Holy Spirit will convict me sometimes. of going, wait, uh, you know, you dedicated these kids to me. I, I created them. I, you know, and so it'll make me, it makes me sometimes take a step back and, walk a little bit in humility and go, okay, God, what are you doing in their life? And uh, yeah. so that I, I, just, I just, I respect that. That's great. One of the, one of the hard things for me too, I am not, um, I guess, musically inclined. I would love to be, I'd love to sit down and, mm. you know, play a piano or a guitar or whatever. Um, and that was, we, we tried to, you know, get that going for our kids, but if they weren't real interested in it, it was like, oh, well. (laughs) And I wish I would have been able to pursue that a little bit more uh, with them growing up. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. One of the things I did that I really liked, um, it was their birthday dinner. And so on their birthday, they got to choose what restaurant they wanted. And it would just be them and I, is that correct term. <laughs> uh, we wouldn't take out the whole family. It would just be whosoever birthday and, and myself. We'd go out to the restaurant that they would want and, you know, dad and them time for, for a couple hours at this usually a fancy restaurant. And, um, you know, they, they thought it was neat and um, they do that with their kids now too. So mm-hmm. it must have been a good thing for them. Encourage them in church, uh, you know, try to get involved, try to get friends in church. Um, and you, what you try to do as a parent, you try to steer them in the right direction because you don't want to drive them away. Mm. 
And a lot of times parents try to drive their kids to a direction and you can't do that. You just have to kind of um, guide them and steer them. Yeah, that's good. And then another thing that I think it's worth doing is you teach your children to respect their mother, uh, their siblings, and then other people, not only friends, but strangers also. And with that respect, then they'll they'll be able to see other people's points of view, um, other people's perspectives. And then uh, something I just thought of, uh, we bought it back in 1992, many years ago, um, you know, we raised our kids BC, which was before computers. <laughs> but um, we bought them a, I think it was called a Gateway 2000 computer. Gateway 2000. And, you know, they they took that and ran with it. And I didn't even know how to turn the thing on. And they got it out of the box and they were online. <laughs> was it like, probably weighed 200 pounds? No, it wasn't too bad. It, 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 had, a, it had like a, a box... Um, a tower, and then a monitor. Okay. So it it really wasn't too bad. It was it was okay. Yeah. Um, but that got them. They really liked that, and it was really helping them then in their schoolwork. And, mm. um, matter of fact, my oldest son, he's a a tech guy, and um, he started getting computers and tearing them apart and putting them back together and stuff that I would do to cars, but he does them to to computers yeah. and i think he soups them up so wow that's great <laughs> yeah well, that's funny that's a funny little thing but uh the next generation and all that tech stuff's coming ahead of him so right. i mean that's a great skill to have because i mean the tech world we're in now oh yeah definitely and it was i it was past me but i knew that it was something that they that they needed so mm. it was pretty cool uh, there's probably quite a few things I'd change, to be honest with you. Um, like I said, we're not perfect. Uh, I wasn't patient enough. Uh, my voice would raise in an instant, and it shouldn't have. Thank you for sharing and being vulnerable in the, not only what you would like, but also you know what you wish you could change, because I think we all have those moments uh, that we wish we could go back and change some of those things. Uh, what about uh, for you? You have been blessed to walk through many different seasons uh, with your kids and through fatherhood and now even being a grandparent, which I've heard being a grandparent is, is way a pretty sweet better. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can spoil them and all oh, yeah. that and just give them right back, right? Yep. Yep, that's great. Yeah. So, uh, how do the different seasons of life and parenting come into play? Are there different ways that you parent? Is there different ways that you think about it? And, um, you know, since you have been blessed enough to walk through those seasons, what does that look like? Well, um, you know, Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child the way he should go. And when he is old, uh, he will not depart from it. Mm. And our philosophy was if our child is old enough to walk and reach for things, then they're old enough to be told no um, and to start training them. Yeah. And we found out that if you start early and you're consistent um, and you're, you're persistent, 
then later on in life, your, your life will be a little bit easier. At least we found that uh, in our situation. So when our kids were toddlers through preschool, you know, your, your main thing as a parent, you're trying to keep them from getting hurt. Um, and that's a, a lot of times you're teaching them no, no, or yes, yes, or whatever, um, just for their safety. But you're starting to teach them, you know, right from wrong and to listen to what you say. Um, you know, at that point, they're not really talking back to you and things like that. So uh, start early and, and be consistent and be persistent with it. Um, you know, don't always let them, let them get their way. And then when they get uh, like elementary age, um, there's a lot of, you know, right from wrong. You know, you can't do that. You can do this. And we would try to mix the positives with the negatives, mm. um, which is hard to do as a parent. Yeah. Um, you know, if the kid is down there playing on the floor, sharing toys and you know, you don't run up and go, oh, David, you're doing really good, you know. <laughs> but you probably should as a parent, you know, teach them or, or give them the, the positive response also. Yeah, that's good. Um, you're teaching them how to share. You're teaching them how to play right with their friends. Um, you know, you're giving them more freedom, but then you're also giving them uh, more responsibility. Mm. And I think that they, they realize that. And then you have preteen through teenagers. And all I can say on that one is hold on with both hands because <laughs> you're in for a wild ride. Yeah. Don't tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you focus more on, on life skills. You're trying to guide them into adulthood. Um, they're trying to rebel against you. Uh, that's what kids do. And um, you're, you're trying to guide them. You're, you have to become a psychologist and a psychiatrist. I don't know. They have, you know, friend issues, um, boyfriend, girlfriend issues, regular friend issues, relationship issues, um, all this peer pressure. And then, you know, like nowadays, you have the, the social media, which, you know, that's out of my realm. I don't know how parents deal with that on a, on a daily basis, but... Um, you know, social media is, is, is really hard on kids and, you know, they look at their phone and they'll start crying because somebody said something, you know, wrong about them and you try to tell them, maybe, you know, they're just saying things. Yeah. Um, so that, that is a lot to deal with and, you know, you, you look at them and, and what they're, what they're dealing with. Uh, and then they they hit college age, and you know you, I, you really you you never stop parenting, but hopefully by the time they hit you know high school and college that you've molded them into uh, a person that they can uh, make their own choices, make their own decisions, to be able to to use reasoning and logic and and research and and find out what they should be doing and then the the grandkids come and then you're like oh it was really worth the <laughs> 20 years of struggle it was all fun. <laughs> all for yeah the 20 years and this is your reward yeah right? this yeah. is your reward right here yeah. 
That's great. Well, and uh, some of the things I thought you I, I thought were really great too. Um, and I already got a page of notes over here. So <laughs> I heard you say earlier too, when your kids were younger, you already established this relationship of I'm I'm talking, I'm correcting, but I'm also listening. And so I would assume, and I kind of know this just because I know your adult kids and your grandkids, they know they can come to you for things because you've already established that I want to know, I want to hear, tell me I'm making the time and giving you the attention and those things. And I, so I think that's pretty vital. That's pretty big. And um, we can definitely, I think social media can be hard for the kids, but also even for the parents to say, if I have some downtime, I don't necessarily always have to be on that. I need to turn that off and give that quality time. So um, not only, hey, you need to do this, you need to change that, but also tell me about your day. Tell me about who are, you, who are your friends, who are you hanging out with at school, what what's going on, and just and when you start that early. Anyway, I just thought that was a really, really great input and listening to you from the early seasons and how that kind of just cascaded over into the older seasons. So it's great. And, and, and as much as your kids don't want you to get involved in their lives, I guess, you know, you need to be, um, know who their friends are. Um, when our kids' friends would come over, we would, you know, sit down and talk with the friends. And um, it's, it's funny because when the, when the boys were in high school, you'd, you know, you'd walk into high school to a, you know, a basketball game or a football game or something. And, and your son would be with, five or six of their friends and the five or six friends would go on, hi, Mr. McNair. Hi, Mrs. <laughs> McNair. And your son would be like hiding in the back, you know, with his shirt over his head going, Oh, what are you guys doing? That's my parents, you yeah. know? <laughs> so you, you get to know their friends and then you know how they're reacting and how, you know, how they're behaving. And it just, it, it makes life a lot easier for you. Yeah, that's great. Uh, this is a question I actually don't have in here, so if you don't want to answer it, we can always cut it out right here. But uh, <laughs> I, I was just thinking about this, and it plays into the different seasons. Were there different roles at times that you would play and Miss Deb would play, you know, with your kids? And not necessarily roles, but maybe you as the dad, you did certain things, and Miss Deb as the mom, she did certain things. Does anything come to mind just as you think? I was just thinking about that as you were sharing so does anything come to mind, especially the different seasons of life, so to speak, if that makes sense? Younger, as they get into teenage years, uh, maybe even older uh, adult years. Yeah, I, you know, Deb, Deb was a teacher, is a teacher. I guess she's never not a teacher. <laughs> That's true. But she's uh, definitely still, t especially in church, yeah. she's, she's pretty incredible. So with that mentality, I mean, she, and uh, bless her, she read to the kids a lot, um, she, you know, she guided him in that. Um, not that I didn't, but, you know, she she took it upon herself, I think, to even go a little bit extra. Um, I was more of the jokester. Hmm. So if things got stressful for the kids, yeah, I would try to find points to, to break that stress in their life. And... You know, whether it was doing something stupid, which I'm really good at. <laughs> it's like a dad, like you get handed like dad jokes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah something yeah. like that. <laughs> um, that was probably a, a lot that, that I did. Mm -hmm. um, I was doing a lot of the, the physical, like the, 
the sports. I, you know, I coached them. I coached all the kids in soccer, baseball, basketball, um, um, running, just things like that. And um, so, yeah, we we didn't have like a specific duty. Um, they they kind of intercrossed. You know, and, and yeah, those are things I think that different people take on different roles and it's probably different for a little bit different for every family too um of what who who jumps in and does what and i was just curious just uh knowing you two and how involved both of you are and that's one of the things like i just wrote down through the uh i see that even now in your grandkids you're very involved you're very i'm there for you it's not a overbearing involved it's uh hey i'm here kind of involved and so i think i just think that's that's really really great you've created the, the relationships uh through all of those so. and what, what's great with the grandkids is i can recycle all my jokes that i used on the kids <laughs> that's great <laughs> and they they roll their eyes at me just like their mom and dads did so <laughs> i guess they're working yep there it is i love it <laughs> so as we uh, kind of wind down the podcast a little bit here today, uh, if you're able to speak into the next generation like myself and even dads and fathers who are coming up, what would be some advice that you would pass down to them? I would say one of the biggest things you can do for your kids is to give them your time, your mm. time, your time. Um, I think in a busy society and now with you know, all these computers and social things that, you know, they're supposed to make your life so much easier. And it just seems like things have gotten more complicated and uh, more busy. Um, you, you've got to give them time. And um, I would tr- I would try not to take time from my kids. Like I, I would run and work out and stuff, but I would get up at five in the morning or I would stay up till 11, 12, one in, in the night. Um, so that I wouldn't take away from their time um, for my time. And you can't always do that with everything, but you can do that with the majority of of your time. And then when you're with them, focus on them. Mm. Uh, You know, just don't have them sitting beside you when you're, you know, going to the store to pick up a gallon of milk. You know, when you're in a car, turn the radio off and talk to them. Um, you know, find out about them and, you know, be loving, be kind, uh, be fair, um, be considerate. You know, they're, they're human beings. So, you know, don't, don't treat them like, like they're, they're worthless, you know, treat them like they're, they're really something. I I think that would go a, a long way for your relationship with your kids. Yeah, that's great. Time is our the highest commodity we have, right? That yes. we can't get that back. And and so whenever we and even at a young age, they may not fully understand it, but especially looking back at their parents, they'll say, Wow, they gave me what the highest commodity they could. They gave me their time, they gave me their attention and that's really great. All of that's really, really great. Um, is there any other pieces of advice that you would like to share? Well, I I'd like to close by saying no one is perfect. So, and there, there is no one right way to raise kids. 
Um, you know, somebody can look at somebody and go, oh, that's the perfect family. Well, it's probably not. <laughs> <laughs> probably just looks that way on Instagram. Right? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Or fate, whatever, yeah. But, you know, just as the Bible, it was written by 40 men with different backgrounds, different points of views, different styles, but they were all inspired by God. Mm. And it came together as a, a book ordained by God to change people's lives. And that's the way the family is. They're, everybody's different. Everybody has different styles. Um, you've come from different backgrounds. There was a saying, you know, don't criticize me until you walk a mile in my shoes. Mm. And, you know, you, different circumstances, different upbringings, uh, different personalities, both in the parents and the children. And you don't know how you would react if you were raising their kids. You know, yeah. and it's it's between them and the Lord on how, you know, they think they should be raising their kids. And in one of the, the hardest things not to say, you know, as a parent looking at somebody as their kids laying on the Walmart floor screaming is saying, oh, I wouldn't let my kid do that. Hmm. Well, you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it might happen to you one day. Then yeah. what? So, you know, all kids are different. They're they're each each of them are new, unique. And um, that's why I said prayer. Prayer is the biggest tool you have. In Psalms 127.3, it says, Lo, children are an, inheritance, are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Mm. So I say enjoy God's reward to you and just have, have fun with it and enjoy it. Wow, that's really, really good. Thank you for taking the time to join us today on the podcast, sharing some of your wisdom. Um, I get uh, a little bit of a seat, and I ask, I, I, I don't know if Dave gets tired of it, but I like to ask him questions and all throughout. And so I wanted to bring some of the questions that I've asked him offline onto the podcast and then you know learn even more stories. And so uh, it's really, really great. Thank you for taking the time, and uh, we cannot wait or maybe we'll able to come back and have some more conversations. Thank you, Daniel. I appreciate it. And I appreciate the, the life you have and, and the way you're leading our church and the, the way you're leading your family. And I, I just think you're a great guy. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Wow. What a great conversation. And uh, I, I know I have been blessed. Like I said earlier, I have a full page of notes here just to glean wisdom from that. And I want to encourage you, maybe pull, if if you can't take all of that in, maybe pull one or two concepts and go through this season or this week. I'm going to really lean into spending more time, uninterrupted time or whatever it may be. Or I'm going to lean in. I'm going to try to read more with my kids or I'm going to try to do some active listening. I'm going to sit down face to face, eyeball to eyeball, so to speak. And just pick one of those and say, I want to grow in this area for that particular one. Well, uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, please like this, uh, share it, um, share it with somebody else who you think may be encouraged by it. Uh, We just want to help you grow. We want you to know that you are loved, that God loves you, that we are here for you in this uh, larger technology aspect and the To Be More podcast. And we hope that you have a blessed week.